Um, I've got Connor here as my audience in my room. Um, I also have, um, I also made a, um, a Lego minifigure um, collection of um, blueprinters. So here we go. Um, here we have, um, we, we have NATO. Um, uh, <laughs> I actually haven't named everyone, uh, but that's the one that looks most like NATO. Uh, but, um, we have, um, we have um, Caleb Somerware here. Um, he's, you know, still, um, and at the back here, we have um, the person who's coming into church late because the weather was good and they're still at the beach and they kind of came in with their towels. Um, so <laughs> that person at the back will get blown off. Um, yeah, so um, there you go. Um, so they're, they're my other audience besides Connor here today. Um, um, it is um, exciting um, to be able to share with you um, this Sunday. Um, it's interesting to share in this way as well. Um, I feel like I am yelling in my room um, to no one but Connor, which is quite exciting. Um, but today I'll be sharing about the Markham mission, um, which reads to transform unjust structures of society, to challenge violence of every kind and to pursue peace and reconciliation. And um, I, I want to just do a bit of recap. I think Rose did this last week about the three points about what um, what mission is when it hit the um, when we started the series. And I thought we'd just do a little bit of that recap again. And um, we're going to draw into um, particularly one of those points today. So, so point one um, was that God is already on a mission to bring their kingdom on earth. Um, and in this um, in the first session, I said that God has always been on a mission to seek, to save, redeem, and restore. This is what is meant by Missio Dei, um, God's mission. And God has a purpose and intention for the world. And point two is that God invites us to join in on that mission. God invites us to join in on the mission to be the hands and feet of God, uh, hands or feet of bringing their kingdom to our community. And finally, point three is that mission must be sourced in God's love. Um, and I read the quote from David Bosch, which I, who have bought the book. Finally, I'm off. It's quite, it's quite thick. It's like a textbook and it's quite intense, but, um, but in that he, um, he says, our mission has not a life of its own. Only in the hands of the sending God can it truly be called mission. Um, and, you know, um, a lot of things can look like mission, but without God, it is a mission. And the risk is that we don't connect it to the source of God's love. Mission can degenerate into our own projects and our hearts be can become hardened. And when things don't go our way, and we must continue to remember that we ourselves are in need of God's love. Um, and today in particular, I want to zoom in on that third point, the point um, in, um, about that mission must be sourced in God's love. Um, and yeah, and, and look at how that um, maybe is um, found in this uh, mark of um, transforming unjust structures, um, challenging violence of every kind and pursuing peace and reconciliation. Um, I probably won't say the whole thing every time. It's quite a long uh, phrase. <laughs> so I'll, I'll keep it, I'll probably just say transform unjust structures most of the time. But I, I, I kind of traverse each of them a, a little bit through it. Um, now, just to be clear, when I was preparing this talk, I, I was trying to think of the different angles we could approach this from. And I felt that there wasn't a need to relitigate or re, um, um, to, to convince um, a lot of people that the, the core of Christ as people of Christ is to transform unjust structures or to challenge violence. I think that's something, um, at least to me, it's, it's a given and it's, it's very much the water we swim in a blueprint. Um, so I don't want to go over that. So I'm just building my talk on that assumption. And if people you know, want to talk about that, that that's all good. Um, we can do that another time. But, but um, at this point, um, yeah, I just want to um, start with that kind of caveat. Um, but my challenge today, my challenge today is this, um, in our desire to transform unjust structures, in our desire to challenge violence of every kind, 
I want to ask, what does our heart look like? And I wanted to start with um, a Bible story. Um, I've got two slides today, by the way, just in case anyone was hoping. Um, I've got two slides today. Um, it, um, I want to start with the Bible story, one of my favorite Bible stories, because of the, it has the best movie adaptation of all time. Um, and it is, okay, the slide is the review. So give me a second while I get the slide up. Slideshow. Oh, can I screen share? No, I can't. Host has disabled screen share. Rose, can you give me screen share abilities? It's not as fun without it. It's, it's definitely Surely not. Only it's the Prince of Egypt. It's not the Prince of Egypt. No, it's not the Prince of Egypt. The Prince of Egypt is good. This is better. Just hang on, hang on. Let me let me show what it is first. Give me my screen share abilities. <laughs> Are we getting there? If not, I can just, I'll just have to wing it. I'll put it on my phone. I'm getting some help. Okay. I reckon everyone should guess what um, movie yeah. they reckon it is. Sounds great. Thanks. Exodus, Gods and Kings. <laughs> Noah with Emma Watson. <laughs> that is a great movie. <laughs> nope. Oh, I've got it. Oh, I've got it. I'm, I'm the host. Of the Christ. <laughs> um, here we go. All right. All right. This is the blank screen. It is. Oh, no. Jonah, a VeggieTales movie. The best on-screen adaptation of a Bible story ever. In it, Jonah is a asparagus. Call it! We got it! <laughs> Jonah's asparagus, and he talks to a mustached caterpillar throughout it. But anyway, um, sorry, I just wanted to bring that back. If anyone hasn't watched it, it's a great time. It's incredible. Um, I'm going to stop sharing. That's literally all the slides I needed. Um, hang on. Let me just move it back to a space that is um, that makes sense. All right. So in the story of Jonah, um, I think a lot of people would at least notice tangentially. Um, in short, Jonah, Jonah gets called by God to go to Nineveh. And, um, and prophesied because of the city's excessive wickedness. Um, and Jonah runs away from the call. He gets swallowed up by a big fish. And then eventually he goes to Nineveh, right? And now he, he, he says this to Nineveh and they repent and God spares them. And now here's the bit that always interested me is that Jonah goes and he sits at the top of the hill and he gets angry. He gets angry of God for sparing the Ninevites. Jonah is called to transform the unjust structures of the Ninevites. He goes, he preaches that they they repent and he's angry, he's indignant um, when they repent. And what I wanna bring is today this anger, this type of anger, which sometimes I see myself, um, is, is because his heart was not transformed in pursuit of God's kingdom. And so my first point is, um, point one, transforming unjust structures must be rooted in the pursuit of God's kingdom on earth. This is a simple and profound truth that in God's mission, that is God's mission we join in. Um, it bears repeating that it's only in God's hands that can the, trans um, can, can the transforming of unjust structures happen. The challenging of violence, the pursuit of peace, no matter how good of action it is, um, only rooted in God, the pursuit of God's kingdom can it truly be called mission. And I think the challenge um, for, for me uh, um, is that it's, we're not only called to tear down the unjust structures, the, the, the mark reads transform unjust structures, right? And so we are, are called to tear it down, but we are called to rebuild it um, for God's kingdom. Transforming requires the turning of something into something, and the vision that we put in place must be one 
um, rooted in the pursuit of God's kingdom. Um, in the book of James, which is one of my favorite books in the Bible, we see this often quoted phrase, um, faith without deeds is dead, right? Um, this is often quoted to rightly challenge those who have no action to their faith um, and, and challenge them to move to a faith that's acted out, that has deeds, right? However, there's a flip side to this. In James 2.18, he says, someone will say, you have my faith, I have my deeds. And then James says, show me your faith without deeds and I will show you my faith by my deeds. And James, the point he's making is that our deeds, um, our actions are a natural expression of our faith. So in the same way, our pursuit of the kingdom, our pursuit of the kingdom, the natural action that of transforming unjust structures is a natural expression of that pursuit. If we pursue the kingdom, we show it by the, um, the expression of the transforming of unjust structures. These two things go hand in hand. And I feel like this in my own life, and I think this is the point, the, the reason it sticks to me is a constant challenge. Just turning off the heater. <laughs> um, um, for those who don't know, I am um, currently a lawyer who works in um, the Titiriti space. So I work with different uh, Maori groups to challenge the crown for their breaches of Titiriti or Waitangi. And this is really good work. And I actually believe in the season I've been called to transform unjust structures in this way. Um, but even so, I forget that it's God's work, that I'm partnering with God on his mission of transformation, not mine. And I get bogged down, so bogged down in the idea of this pursuit of justice for justice's sake, that I lose sight of what, why I'm doing it, which is because I believe that I want to see God's kingdom of justice and peace on earth. So that's point one, transforming unjust structures must be rooted in the pursuit of seeing God's kingdom on earth. Um, the second point is um, I want to talk about the idea of challenging violence of every kind. Um, in, in the market mission, it reads every kind. I was struck by this. What does it mean to challenge violence of every kind? And when, when, I, when I first spoke about the uh, market mission of loving service, I spoke about how loving service requires a continuous posture, um, a continuous posture of, um, yeah, like acts of loving service. In the same way, I believe that the um, challenge, uh, the core to the challenge of violence of every kind is to be at continuous posture as well. To challenge violence is to challenge violence in around us in the small ways it's acted out, but also at the large systemic, um, systemic levels. So it's both and, both the small ways and also the systemic levels. So point two is that we are to challenge violence of every kind. Um, yeah, which, which includes our internal violence and I'll, I'll get to that point soon. So there's a call for us to become makers of peace. I've been reading this book called Uncommon Ground. It's an interesting book um, um, and it's a kind of edited book. And one of the chapters is written by a um, African-American Baptist pastor um, called Claude Alexander Jr. from Charlotte um, in North Carolina. And he speaks about his role as a peacemaker um, particularly in the area of racial injustice in America. And he says the call to peacemaking is therefore also a call to take initiative. Christ's followers are not to wait for peace to be made. We are at work in making peace. The word for peacemakers literally means peace bringers. Um, this means that peacemakers must be willing to take the first step to establish peace. Christ's followers are to allow the peace within us. Christ's followers are to allow the peace within us to infect and influence our environment, to intentionally relay and reflect God's peace to others. And I was just reflecting on this um, missional posture and, and, and particular challenge that Christ follows are to allow the peace within us to infect and influence our environment. 
and one of the um, reflections I um, had was, well, I, I reflected on that when he wrote that. And then on the next page, he writes the same thing I was reflecting on, which is he says, peacemaking is not only between individuals and between cultures, peacemaking is also internal. We can't come to terms with others if we haven't come to terms with ourselves. Hence, peacemaking requires a keen understanding of the unresolved issues within us so we can, um, yeah, offer and establish wholeness for and with others. And so, in, um, so yeah, basically what I wanna um, bring today is that the challenge um, to, to challenge violence of every kind includes challenging violence that we see within ourselves, the ones that we inflict on ourselves as well. Um, I think there's a distinction to that. I'm not saying that as mission necessarily. Um, I think that's a really important thing, but I, I think that that is necessary for us to challenge violence of every kind is to challenge the violence within ourselves as well. And one of the examples I wanted to give about is, is from my own life. And um, it's from, I guess, my, um, my own experiences with um, dynamics of race and uh, dynamics of um, yeah, being Asian in a country that's largely, um, yeah, um, of, of um, kind of culturally Pakia um, in that sense. Um, and I remember in first year sociology, we, we learned about three forms of racism. Um, it's called direct racism. So direct interpersonal racism, um, institutional racism, um, Sometimes they add structural racism and there's a separate category um, and internalized racism. Now internalized racism is this defined as the internalization of racial oppression by the, um, the racially subordinated. Um, and in this, the person takes on the violence of racism and that surrounds us and begins to actually believe this. And, and you'll see this um, around as well. And this has been a narrative for my own life. Um, I, I think I've shared a few times um, while speaking um, that that I, how I grew up in Malaysia and New Zealand and where both countries, um, including Malaysia, um, there was this, um, this, this thing where um, whiteness um, was seen as something to be aspired to. And this led to a particular and a really significant shame in my own Asian identity. And there's this deep desire to be, um, to be Kiwi or to be Pakeha or everything else. And, um, but I've also shared about the, the deep healing work God has done in my life. And what I wanted to bring was that I truly believe that the work I do now in terms of the Titiriti space would not be possible without the healing work of God in my own identity. The violence um, within me, the internal violence within me needed to be healed so I could challenge the violence around me. Um, to be clear, I think that the definition of mission is to challenge, yeah, as I said, it's violence external to us, but it's, it's, it works in tandem that we need to challenge the violence within us as well as um, outside. So yeah, that's at that point. Um, hopefully that's kind of clear enough. Um, um, so point one, transforming unjust structures must be rooted in the pursuit of seeing God's kingdom on earth. And point two is that we are to challenge violence of every kind, which includes our internal violence. I was gonna pause here to get some water. Can you pass my bottle, Connor? Yeah. Thank you. Oh, it's, I'm good. I'm good. That's right, I'm good. So good, Daniel. Doing great. <laughs> Yeah, so good. Turns out I speak louder at a screen than I do. Taking notes. That's how good it is. Your Lego friends are happy. Hey. Good. My Lego friends are happy with it, apparently. There's one guy that's not too convinced at the back. This guy here. It's a bit, this guy here is not very convinced, but it's okay. Um, we'll get there. So um, if it is to be the kingdom of God we are pursuing, if it is to be challenging violence of every kind, then how do we do this? Um, and this is, to be honest, this is the culmination of like what I really want to talk about in this talk. <laughs> um, the, the, the first two points, I think, are the premises to get to this point in many ways. 
As I pondered this talk and as I prepared for this talk, I felt God placed on my question, um, my heart, this one question. Um, so it's, and he said, so you want to transform unjust structures and you want to um, pursue my kingdom. Then how is your prayer life? How is your walk with me? Um, so my final point is this, transforming unjust structures requires us to put on the full armor of God and to cultivate a life of prayer. If the first two points are true, that the transformation of unjust structures and the pursuit of peace is grounded in seeing God's kingdom come, then it must be true that we have to pursue our internal relationship with God. In Ephesians 6, 10 to 18, I'm going to read it. This is about the full armor of God. It says, finally, be strong in Lord, the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after all they all have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with readiness that comes with the gospel of peace. In addition to this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep praying for all the Lord's people. I just think this is so applicable to this market mission. If our struggle is truly rulers against authorities, against the unstructured, un unjust structures they create, if it is against the dark powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil, which I believe looks like violence, then we are told to put on the full armor of God, God's belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the footwear of the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the sword of peace. We need to cultivate these in our lives if we truly want to transform unjust structures, because we know that the battles isn't against just flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. And at the end of this, Paul says to pray in the spirit on all occasions, be alert and always keep praying for all the Lord's people. Now, to be clear, I'm not saying um, stop working to transform unjust structures and just pray instead. What I'm saying is that an effective and truly kingdom influenced way of transforming unjust structures requires us to cultivate a life that is prayerful and when one where we put on the full armor of God. Because if we are doing mission for God, um, we're going to burn out. And, but we need to do a mission with God to transform unjust structures, to challenge violence of every kind, to pursue peace and reconciliation. We need to be nourished by God's daily bread, which is, yeah, his prayer and his, um, and the armor um, and God's armor. Yeah. So point one, transforming unjust structures must be rooted in uh, a pursuit of seeing God's kingdom on earth. Point two, we are to challenge violence of every kind, which includes up internal violence. And the final point, transforming unjust structures requires us to put on the full arm of God and to cultivate a life of prayer. Um, that's me. Um, so thanks, Connor. Thanks all. Rose, back to you. <laughs>